Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, they will include Diana Russini with the insight into a morning that has breaking news from the National Football League, which we'll get you to in just a moment as we go through what is going to be a week that reshapes the league. You may not realize that, but the National Football League is going to be reshaped before our eyes over the course of the next six days. Players getting cut, and that's going to continue to happen over the rest of this week and the beginning of next week. And then next Wednesday, players will start signing contracts in this year where the salary cap has come down. In the meantime, we will also have live today Adam Silver, the commissioner of the the, uh, NBA, 90 minutes from now live. Do not miss it. Adam Silver live one year to the day that he made the pandemic real for millions of people. The list is related to that. The hashtag crew is ready to go. Analytics are also on the docket. We're going to be busy. Let's get this thing started. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. And the place to start is with the NFL. And Diana Russini, who just had the breaking news with me on television literally moments ago, is live with me on the Goodyear Hotline. And, Diana, let's jump right into it. For those who uh, have not been near anything for the last couple of minutes, give me the breaking news out of Kansas City. Yes, we're seeing veterans get cut all week long, and now Kansas City has added two of their best tackles. We're talking left tackle Eric Fisher and right tackle Mitchell Schwartz have both been released. These are two starters, Pro Bowl players. Uh, You know, we saw this team struggle in the Super Bowl without these two key players because they were both injured. Eric Fisher has the Achilles injury. Mitchell Schwartz dealing with a knee injury. They both have been rehabbing, trying to get back for this season. And all all signs pointed that they were going to be okay. But it's obvious the Chiefs are trying to get some relief. And by cutting these guys, they're saving roughly $20 million against their cap for next year. So it's one of these tough business decisions that had to be made but you look at this, Greeny, and think, what is this offensive line going to look for for Patrick Mahomes? Because we saw what they tried to crop together in the Super Bowl, and that sure as heck did not work. No, it was a disaster. And Fisher was the number one pick in the draft not so long ago. And so now this move here. In fact, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The, the point was made at the very end of our TV show today, Diana, that because of the completely unusual circumstances of this season because of the blip that is this year's salary cap coming way down that this week is going to be different from any other. So give give the folks who don't know this a sense, which are the teams who are in good shape salary cap wise that might be able to snap up players that become available and which are the teams that are in bad shape that might wind up having to make more cuts that we never saw coming. Yeah, let's start with the bad. Okay. So the New Orleans Saints are doing this cap gymnastics routine right now trying to get at least somewhat close to the cap space, but they're, they're in such bad shape. They're about $30 million. Actually, it's probably a little closer now because they didn't cut Janoris Jenkins while we were on TV a little while ago, uh, and, and that will save them roughly another seven. So we're talking they, they've got another about 20-something to go to, to get even, and, and they're, they're working hard, and I talked to people there, and, you know, they, they don't seem panicked. They don't feel concerned about it because they, they think they can make this work by just continuing to sort of kick the rock down the road, Green. That's how it was described. You know, you just kind of figure out a way to put it off to the next year and the year after that. You have the Atlanta Falcons, who have really been quiet over the last few weeks. I mean, we know that they hired a new GM and a new head coach in Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot running the show there. 
but they're not doing much, and they're not going to be able to do much. They're going to just continue to try to look at their roster to make the cut. So those are teams that just they're going to continue to try to make moves happen. And then let's go to the top of it, right? The New York Jets are in great shape. I just feel like once again, uh, just a few years ago, they were in great shape, and here they are with lots of money to spend. And it's all going to really come down to what they're going to decide in-house as to who their quarterback's going to be and what pieces they're going to be able to want to build around him. So, um, you know, it's been a difficult few weeks for these GMs that I've spoken to, a lot of frustration because they didn't know that final salary cap number. But now that we know it, it's at $182.5 million, a number that I have to tell you, Greeny, came low based on a lot of teams I was talking to. I, most were going 185. I had one team who has been planning, think about this, the last few weeks for 190, and they're completely off. So they're making cuts. So lots of players on these teams that perhaps would be on the roster because GMs would be willing to pay them another mil, another two perhaps, no longer. They're getting cut. If you can't help us win now, you're going to get cut. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. The other thing I wanted to get quickly with you, Diana Rossini, with me here on ESPN Radio is, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as we were talking this morning, both in the meeting and then on TV, I get the sense from you more than anyone I've talked to who, who covers all this stuff as, as intensely as you do, that you feel there is a real chance that Russell Wilson winds up getting traded this offseason. I, I don't want to put that in your mouth. Is that, a, is, that, is that the right way to phrase the way you look at this? Mike, the waters are too rough. By this point, this should have been shut down on both sides because look how ugly it can get when, when both sides aren't getting along around the league when we've seen this happen before. Look in Houston. Things can always get better, but no organization wants this sort of split feeling with an agent who represents the player releasing on the record. This wasn't even an off-the-record statement that his agent gave Adam Schefter of here are, you know, we don't want to get traded, but here are the four teams if we were. That tells you how unhappy Russell Wilson is. And the fact that this team, this organization is picking up calls and having conversations with different teams, that tells you they're open for this. It's just going to be who's got the draft capital and who's got the answer in Seattle for who's going to replace Russell Wilson. Cause that seems to be the topic of why, or at least the issue of why this isn't happening, because Seattle doesn't have an answer at the quarterback position if they trade with any of the teams that Russell wants. So until they can figure that out, he's staying in Seattle. But this certainly could happen if some team gets creative. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Again, the first round of the NFL draft is seven weeks from last night. Um, or excuse me, tonight. Today is Thursday. What am I talking about? It's seven weeks from today. And if something's going to happen, it's going to happen in that period of time. Diana, outstanding as always. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next few days. Thanks, Greeny. You're not sure what day of the week it is. I don't even know what year we're in. So good for you. You work too much. (laughs) Thank you. That's the great Diana Rossini with me. Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Yeah, there is just so much going on here. She's right. And we'll bring the hashtag crew in on that as we continue. And again, uh, that's going to be one of the themes of this day. Today is the anniversary of of the day the world kind of stopped. And Adam Silver is the man who kind of stopped it obviously through no fault of his own. He's going to join me live in our second hour today, and our list is fascinating. It's the top five moments in sports. You never forget where you were when they happened. I have those for you next. We're just getting started. I'm glad you're here. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Another reminder that we will have the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, live at 1130 Eastern today. So an hour and 15 minutes from now um, on this, the one year anniversary of the day that he sort of made the pandemic real for everybody. It's a fascinating dynamic. But it was the shutdown of the NBA that I think for millions of Americans made us realize Um, the magnitude of what it is that we were dealing with. Not that we had any idea then that a year later we'd be living like this, but certainly it went from maybe something close to nothing to something that was very much something in that one moment. And he was the man who made that decision. So we will talk to him about that. And I have a very special green list that I'm going to do for you in 30 seconds, uh, which will be the five moments in sports that you will never forget where you were when they happened. That's 30 seconds away after this time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into straight talk. Straight talk wireless. No contract. No compromise. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, so let's do today's Green List. And again, every single day I will present for you my top five, this or that or the other. And they're voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. But there are no authorities on the matters we're going to be talking about here. These are going to be the five moments that you will never forget where you were when they happened they all pertain to sports. Here we go. Number five. Shots were fired, apparently at President Reagan, as he was coming out of the Washington Hilton Hotel this afternoon. The president was not hit. He was pushed into his limousine and immediately taken away to safety. However, three persons were hit. We believe they are two Secret Service agents and the president's press secretary, James Brady. Of the Brady Bill, March 30th, 1981, President Reagan was shot on the same day that college basketball's national championship game was scheduled to be played. And so much of that day, for those of us who love sports, and I was a kid, I was 13 years old, was spent wondering if the game would be played that night. And actually, when I had Isaiah Thomas on this show not long ago, it was Indiana, North Carolina, when I had Isaiah Thomas on, he talked a great length about remembering being in the hotel that day, watching all of the news coverage of it, wondering if their game would get played, and the way Coach Bob Knight had his team ready to play that game despite the extraordinary circumstances. 
Indiana wound up beating North Carolina that night 63-50 to in a game that was played in Philadelphia. And it is one of those, again, obviously the president being shot and then the juxtaposition of that to college basketball's national championship game number five on the list of days that as a sports fan, you never forget. Number four. Because of the, the HIV virus that I have attained, uh, I will have to retire from the Lakers. That was Magic Johnson making the announcement on November 7th, 1991, that he was retiring from basketball due to having contracted contracted the virus as it was then known that causes AIDS. And I did at that time a lengthy special called Athletes and AIDS. And that is a day, Magic Johnson, who was as beloved a figure that this country has practically ever had in sports, that was a day that took something, if you're old enough to remember it, that at that time was thought to be a death sentence. And Magic is still very much with us, thank God, and so are millions and millions of people because of the brilliant medical advancements that have been made and the millions and millions and millions of dollars that have been raised in order to do so. But that was at a time, I am telling you, on November of 1991, that if you got HIV, your immediate reaction was, Magic Johnson is going to die. I remember watching that press conference and thinking to myself, oh my God, Magic Johnson is going to die. Again, thank God he did not. And we do not view these things even remotely similarly. But I remember interviewing Magic. I believe it was on the 25th anniversary of that day. It was one of the big anniversaries, 20th or 25th. He came on Mike and Mike. And I remember asking him, if Magic Johnson, if you today could go back and talk to that guy, that guy standing there in front of the media and the world on that day announcing his retirement, what would you say to him? And he said, that guy never believed he'd still be here today. I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And Magic was talking about how scared he was, how scared we all were. And the Bulls, I was covering sports in Chicago at that time. The Bulls had a home game that night. And I remember going to the arena and... The, they put up on the screen, they just put up on, on the big, um, you know, the jumbotron or whatever that thing is called in the middle of it, in the old Chicago stadium. And they just put up the words, we love you, Magic. Magic was not in the arena at the time, obviously. Lakers weren't involved. But they put up on the screen, we love you, Magic. And spontaneously, the crowd just stood and applauded. And there was a long, a prolonged standing ovation in the arena that night for Magic Johnson. Again, on a day that all of us were thinking, oh, my God, Magic Johnson is going to die. The world has changed a lot in the 30 years since, and in in this regard, in so many ways for the better. Again, that is no longer a death sentence, thank God. But that is number four on my list of days that I will just never forget. Number three. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. John Lennon, dead on arrival. To this day, I get the chills hearing that. That's the legendary Howard Cosell announcing to the world on December 8th, 1980, that John Lennon one of the greatest artists that the world has ever produced, had been shot and killed outside of his apartment, which is called the Dakota, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. 
And that was that announcement was made on Monday Night Football. That announcement that was during a Monday Night Football game. And John and Howard Cosell is the one who told the world about it. And you've seen specials about it, even if you're not old enough to remember it. And of course, I am. And I remember we just had the 40 year anniversary of his passing just a couple of months ago. And I talked about it a little bit here, how much John Lennon's music has meant to me in my life. I remember going to school the following day and I remember teachers crying. I, I was I was too young to fully understand the, the importance of John Lennon to the world. I knew the music, of course. I knew the Beatles songs. But I remember my, my, the, what struck me was that there were teachers in the hallways of my school crying. And that's what I remember most about that. I remember Howard Cosell announcing that John Lennon had been killed. And I remember the teachers in school crying the next day. December of 1980, I would have been in eighth grade. And uh, again, it is another of those days defined by sports that you will never forget. Uh, number two. Number two. We are looking at live pictures of Interstate 5 in Los Angeles. We believe that that white vehicle, which is being trailed by a phalanx of California Highway Patrol cars and helicopters, belongs to Al Collings, who disappeared with O.J. Simpson earlier today. Shortly after Mr. Simpson was informed that he was going to be formally charged with the murder of his wife and the young man who was with her at the time. It is the latest bizarre development in a string of bizarre and shocking developments that have been going on all day long. That is Tom Brokaw on NBC delivering to the world the news of the O.J. Simpson chase, June 17, 1994. And there have been 30 for 30s done on this day. Um, O.J. Simpson in the chase. And, of course, if you were old enough to have, uh, to, have, to have been conscious of what was going on then, it is certainly a day that you will never forget. The entire world was transfixed by the image of this white Ford Bronco driving up and down the highway, the freeways in Los Angeles. And, of course, that night was scheduled to be, and, and was played, a game in the NBA Finals that involved the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets, which the juxtaposition of that was just ludicrous. And I have told this story before on the air, but I also remember what I did that morning. Many people don't realize that that same day, was the day that the opening ceremonies of the World Cup in the United States took place in Chicago, and I was there. I lived in an apartment close to Soldier Field, I had close enough to walk. I lived in at 800 South Wells in Chicago, was my address, and that's walking distance on a nice day to Soldier Field, and I was a reporter in Chicago at the time, June 17th of 94, and I was covering the opening ceremonies of the World Cup. I walked there on a beautiful sunny day in Chicago, and covered the opening ceremonies of the World Cup, finished my work, walked back to my apartment, and heard the words, O.J. Simpson is armed and dangerous. Now, I'm old enough for O.J. Simpson to have been one of my heroes. When I was a little kid in the 70s, the two biggest stars in sports by far, the two stars in sports who became celebrities that transcended sports, which is now a commonplace occurrence, so many uh, sports Heroes, so many athletes transcend sports. In the 70s, very few did. The two who did for me were Joe Namath and O.J. Simpson. And so O.J. Simpson was always someone I had been fascinated by. And so like everyone, I sat and watched this go on all day. And then, of course, the Knicks are playing in the finals that night against the Rockets, June 17th of 94. It is, I mean, 30 for 30s have been done about that day. Obviously, it's a day that you will never forget. And then finally, number one. Fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game tonight has been postponed. 
You are all safe. And take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. I'm Scott Van Pelt here at ESPN. This, this astounding and unprecedented story continues to evolve uh, at halftime with Adrian Wojnarowski, I suggested that uh, we would speak to him soon. I had no idea that it would be this soon. He has just tweeted within the past two minutes that the NBA is suspending the season. That's my buddy Van Pelt. One year ago tonight, March 11th, 2020, the day that sports came to an end and signaled the beginning of the pandemic in this country in so many ways. And that had to be number one, I think, um, amongst all these other things that have happened. And, and of course, I mean, the, the president was shot, but he didn't die. And Magic Johnson is still with us. John Lennon assassinated a horrific tragedy. O.J. Simpson, the O.J. Simpson chase, something that transfixed the world. But this literally stopped the world in its tracks. A year ago today, the world stopped in its tracks. And one of the ways you will always remember it was the night that the commissioner of the NBA put their season on pause. None of us had any idea what we were about to all live through. And that is a very special green list today of the five events as defined by sports that you will never forget where you were when they took place. And it really is astonishing. And for me, again, I will always remember the date. When people say, what was the date all this happened? I will always remember it was March 11th because it happens to be my wife's birthday. Today is my wife's birthday, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, But I remember that it is March 11th because it is a date that stands out. And it was a Wednesday night. And Stace and I went out for a little early dinner at a restaurant right near us just to have a little, I don't go out, you know, much on weeknights when I'm working. So we just had a little casual dinner, and we had plans that weekend to have a little more of an elaborate celebration for her birthday. I went home. I watched Northwestern play in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament, as they did again last night. And I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning to come to work. And um, I found that the world as I knew it was no longer the same place. The world that I went to sleep in was not the same world I'd woken up in. And as it was for all of you, it was extraordinarily bizarre for me. And so we will talk to Adam Silver exactly an hour from now about exactly that. I can't fathom being the person who has to make those decisions. You know, like um, there's a fascinating thing the New York Times did today where they have interviews with a ton of different people um, who just give quotes about their experience on this day a year ago. And one of them is Adam Silver. And he talks about how as this was going on, he said he was in his car sitting outside his apartment building in Manhattan when he got word that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the virus. And he sat there for a minute and contemplated what it meant. And sitting there in his car, he made the decision that they had to suspend the season. Uh, So we will talk to Adam about all of that and much, much more again when he joins us live in an hour. But what an extraordinary thing. And that is a great job by the staff putting that list together. That really is extraordinarily well done. I'm proud of it. And those are the five moments from sports that you will never forget. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Meantime, we got into something yesterday that we did not have time to take calls on. And I think it is imperative that we do. I think this is very important. I want to hear what you think. If you were a basketball fan, I want to hear what you think 
about my belief that analytics, in particular in the way of the three-point shot, are destroying basketball. They are a real problem for a sport that, from my, my youth, has been my favorite game. So analytics, as I told you yesterday, are, it's an ugly word. Like analytics is a word that a lot of people, a lot of words, they, they conjure up images we don't like. It's lifeless. It's bloodless. It's advanced statistical analysis. No one gets excited about anything called that. But the truth of the matter is analytics are sports now and forevermore. That will never not be the case. And as we discussed yesterday, analytics have been magnificent for football. All the things that analytics dictate to people to do, analytics are just using math to understand these are the best ways I can go about trying to win, to tilt the odds to my advantage. Just like if you're playing blackjack or anything else. And it's the only way sports are going to be run from now on. And through math... People have figured out in football that passing the ball, going for it on fourth down, going for two, taking more risk, increasing offense, those things are the things you do to help you win. They also happen to be the things that make the game eminently more watchable. So they've been great for football. They've been horrendous for baseball. The pace of the game is a slog. The ball is never in play. There are never late-game confrontations between legendary pitchers and sluggers, which are the best thing in baseball. And even the home run has become basically humdrum. So baseball has really suffered for this. It is my overwhelming belief that we have a real problem with this in basketball now. Because as Daryl Morey said in this terrific piece that Kevin Arnovitz put together, one of the great things about any sport or any competition is that there are multiple ways to go about trying to win. My favorite thing about the Michael Jordan Bulls teams that I covered was that they would basically walk out on the court every single night and say, how do you want to play tonight, guys? We'll beat you however you want to play. You want to run up and down the court here? We'll beat you. You want to play, you know, you want to walk it up and down and play defense? We'll beat you. However you want to play, we'll beat you. And what is happening now is that through analytics and through the disproportion value of a three-point shot, it is worth 50% more, and it isn't even close to being 50% harder to do. There's only one way to win. The only way to do it is going to be to continue to hoist up threes, left and right. And so I presented to you yesterday my solution to this problem, which I think is simple. I just think they need to move the line back. You just need to move it back a little and then keep moving it back more and more until you get to a place where the percentage on the shots is just not that high. Hembo told you yesterday, teams shoot 40% from the corner three. 40% for times three. That's 120 points per 100 possessions. You can't match that anywhere else on the floor. You practically need to have uncontested slam dunks as your option for anything else to be a better shot than that. So it's not going to change until they change something. And my solution is just move out that line until the shots get more difficult to make. So I want to get the opinions of the hashtag crew, and then I'm going to come to the phones. So my number is 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll start dialing those in a minute, but it's Nuno who's going to take those calls, and it's Nuno from whom I want to hear first. Nuno loves the NBA, and, and, and I appreciate your love for the sport, Nuno, and that's why I want to give you the first shot at this from uh, all the members of the hashtag crew. It's a two-part question. Are you concerned about the number of three-pointers that are being taken in the sport? Do you feel it has made the game less watchable? And if so, do you have a solution up to and including mine? I 
do hate the way that they're playing now with way too many three-point shooting. Uh, I think for your idea of moving it back, you also have to make the court wider. I think at this point, because of the you know the athletes and everything else, I think it would only make sense to completely redo everything. You know, redo the lane. You know, re, uh, push out the three-point line. Make the court wider at this point. Okay, so then we're talking about an even bigger change to the sport. It has there are big changes that have happened in sports all the time. They make big moves. Um, I don't know that the playing surface of basketball or any of them that are standard have changed in a very long time, if ever. I, I need to think about that. I mean, the dimensions are different in international competition. Though, Correct. Right? Well, certainly the lane is different right. and all the rest of that. So, okay, so Nuno is on board here. Uh, hashtag Bubba, uh, who, of course, is a, a statistician and, 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 and knows about the analytics, has written several books on the subject. Um, Bubba, what are your thoughts on this conversation? You know, it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, Typical Bubba. I'm not too concerned about it. Fair enough. Uh, Bubba, what's the last time you sat and watched an NBA game? Uh, you know, I, I threw on the All-Star game for a little bit. Okay. And, uh, you know, every once in a while I pop on the old NBA and check it out. Okay, fair enough. So, Bubba, we will come back to you when we're talking about the Cowboys or the Mets. Those seem to be your two primary considerations. I'll see in you the, then. In the meantime, my number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Nuno can start now screening your calls. If we want you to jump in here and tell us what you think, I will turn to my vice president of analytics, and that is Hembo. Hembo, what do you think? So, I think this is the best illustration. Answer, answer this question for me. Which has been the best team in the NBA this season? Uh, the best team, I think, is Utah, That's right? That's right. Which team has made the most threes? I'm guessing you're going to tell me it's Utah. And which team has allowed the fewest threes? It's Utah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily as simple as that because it's all well and good to be great at that. The problem is it's all anybody is doing. Right. There's no other way to do it. Like, there's no other way to be good. There's no other way to win. I was actually watching a college game last night. I watched Northwestern Minnesota, and that was no work of art. I'll tell you, it was a terrible <laughs> game. But they're not just hoisting up threes left and right. Like, it actually is more interesting. And these te- neither team could make a shot last night, including from the foul line. But at least they're not just hoisting up three after three after three. So that's what we think. Again, 888-SAY-ESPN is my number. We want to know what you think. Your calls on this are coming up next after this time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune that out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199, plus get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Just News is just coming into our newsroom. Duke is out of the ACC tournament. 
not because they lost, but because there was a positive COVID test within the program. They were scheduled to play Florida State today in an ACC tournament that they would need to win all of. They would need to win out in order to have any chance or to get into the NCAA tournament. That isn't going to happen now. They beat Louisville yesterday. They were working their way towards having a chance uh, now it appears they're going to be out of the tournament because of the positive test. That is the latest news we have here on ESPN Radio. Meantime, I want to come to the phones and get in as many as we can. I brought up the idea that I believe the three-point shot has become a problem for the NBA. I believe they need to make some changes. I believe it has made the game infinitely less watchable and that it is something they need to address quickly. I'm coming to your phone calls to find out if you agree or disagree. Bubba, who's first up? First up, we have Nikki. All right, Nikki, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think? See, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I think analytics is destroying sports all all across the board. Like it's emasculating the sports. Like it, like I'm old school NBA. I remember a time where you get to play. Everybody played inside the paint. Never everybody going outside the paint. Like everybody, like. There's no, it's like it's taken away from all the tough guys. Like it's not just NBA, it's sports in general, football, basketball, and they're starting to do it with MMA now. Thanks for the call. Okay, well, thank you. I I don't go nearly that far, um, but I will say that yes, specifically with what it has done to the NBA, the the era of the big man is just over. It's just over. Right now, basically, you're, the only guys who you would describe as a center basically are rim protectors and lob catchers. And that's all they're asked to do. And they're a dime a dozen. They used to be the glory position. That used to be like the matinee idol of the NBA was the center. So I do not like the change that it has made. I appreciate the call. Bubba, who's next? We got Marty is up. Marty, what do you think? I think we should get rid of zone defense, just play man-to-man, and just defend it. I don't think we need to change anything but that. So you're okay with the three? I'm okay with the three. Yeah, just defend it. Make them play man-to-man like uh, like the old-school NBA. Okay. Well, look, the, the, the zone defense through most of the league's history had been outlawed. It is not anymore. Um, I get it. I know a lot of people don't like the zone defense. To me, it's a much lesser problem than the proliferation of threes is. But, Marty, I appreciate the call. Bubba, who's next? We got Robert. All right, Robert, what do you think? Hey, Grady, before I give you my opinion, i got to tell you one thing. Uh, March 30th, 1981 was the semifinal day. It was not the final day. They always played the first Monday in April. But okay. I personally love the I love the uh, the three-point shot. College basketball has moved it back twice since Tony Bennett set the record when he played. Um, you know, move it back further, but you got to keep it. It, it, it. I think it's one of the most exciting things in in the game. To be clear, I'm not talking about eliminating the three-point shot. I'm talking about moving out the arc so it isn't as easy to make. Would you still – would you have any problem with that, or were you against that? Not at all. No, I, I, I listened to you yesterday, and I really agree with you. I think you've got to move it back if, 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 if it's unfair. So I, I, I want it to be – 100% fair. So okay. moving it back makes it even. That's the way we should do. Fair enough. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Are you worried that the three-point shot is a problem for the NBA as currently constituted is the question. We're going in search of the answer from you. Bubba, who's next? We got Chris. Chris, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just, I'm going to piggyback on Mar- Marty's opinion here. I think if you defend it, you know, check these guys at, at half court and so these guys are playing rec league uh, 
rec league defense until the final four minutes of the game. Uh, we just got to let them do a little bit more on the defensive end, like back in Jordan's era, we can hand check or whatever. I mean, make it where these guys are forced to play defense. My phone's breaking up there a little bit, but I'm getting the sense. I, I'm getting the sense of this. Hembo, is there any way to quantify numerically how defense has changed or how defense is dealing with this? Well, the the, um, the freedom of movement is the thing that they're talking about a lot, a lot now, and it was in that piece that we talked about before. But like the the problem here is, if the NBA wants to do that again, you're going to play a much different style of basketball. Right. So I think the I mean the call. It's a good take, but it's like saying in baseball they shouldn't, you know, they should not ban the shift and they should hit past it or hit through it. Like sometimes you have to do stuff to regulate things to improve your product. To me, this is no different. Yeah, they change rules all the time. They could make this change pretty easily if they wanted to. Uh, Bubba, who's next? We have Josh. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I'm a little worried about the three-point shot. Um, You know, I know like back in the day, typically you had like your one or two, like Ray Allens and stuff that shot the three. But now it's gotten to where teams want a big man that can shoot the three, and there's nobody protecting the paint or anything like that. And I think that falls a little bit on defense, but I think they can back the line up two or three feet, and, and that might change it a little bit, but that's just something they have to trial and error. That's it. And that, that, to me, is the answer. Thank you very much for calling, and thank you, everybody, for the calls. And we'll, we'll continue to have these conversations because, look, I'm a fan like you are, and this is important to me. Like, I mean, I grew up going to these games, and I have loved them all of my life. I can still smell Madison Square Garden in the 70s. I remember sitting there. I remember what it felt like, what it sounded like, what it smelled like. It smelled like cigars, which is hilarious <laughs> when you think, think about the world we live in now. But the point is, I've loved basketball all my life. This is not the game. Now, I hate sounding as much like my father as I do, although, I mean, I loved the man. But he would he would be yelling at this at me, Michael, this is not the game. And I would always say, Dad, come on, you're overreacting. But I'm not. I'm right. This is not the game. This is not what basketball is supposed to be. Basketball is, is beautiful. Basketball is poetry. What people love about soccer, the beautiful game, that's what we do. We play soccer with our hands. So he brought up Ray Allen. Ray Allen averaged 5.7 three-point attempts per game. I want you to guess how many players are averaging that many this season. I mean, there are, there are 30 teams. I'm going to guess at least 30. There are 51 players okay. averaging as many threes this season as Ray Allen did per game for his career. So there you go. The three-point shot is an excellent part of basketball. I'm not suggesting we take it out of the game. I'm merely saying it's now becoming all of basketball, and I think that's a problem. Uh, the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, live in our next hour. Make sure you stay with me on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.